Welcome, everybody, to the Sonoma Spiel. My name is Tim with the Sonoma Valley Visitors Bureau. It's the end of January when we're taping this. Crab season has finally begun in the North Bay. Uh, we have Dungeness Crab. It is, by law, the world's most delicious crab. It's a, it's like a UN thing or something. Or actually, we just make that up. But it's delicious crab. And the boats can finally go to Bodega Bay. They've been going out of Oregon for a while. But now it's open here. I'm so excited because that's, that's a big thing here in Northern California. Crab season, you go down to the boats or you go to a great restaurant. You get a bunch of Dungeness Crab. Today, I did my normal thing. Went to the farmer's market, got a taco, and got some stuff from Baker and Cook. Enjoyed my walk through the park. It was a lovely day. It's always a lovely day in Sonoma. I'm paid to say that. Um, you know, Sonoma Valley is called the Valley of the Moon. And we've had that name for a long time. Uh, Jack London had a book called The Valley of the Moon. And we talk about moons a lot. But today, today I want to talk about a star. I want to talk about a different celestial body. Because today I have a very special guest. I know every week I say, hey, I have a very special guest. But this week, I mean it. This week, I actually mean it. He's from Glen Ellen Star. Ari Weisswasser, how the heck are you? I have to say that. That was an amazing intro. You like it? From the moon to the star. (laughs) I didn't know where you were going with it, but that was was good. That was good. You were a little worried there. You are like, what? This guy is off his rock. Yeah, but I started with crabs. Yeah, crabs. Yeah, which is good. Dungeon is crab, just to clarify. Um, And, uh, Ari, you're from uh, the Glen Allen Star. Yeah. Okay. Born, born and raised, born and in, raised the in the restaurant. That's 44 a, years and now. That's remarkable that yeah. your parents had that foresight. Yes, it's pretty They're like, let's birth our child in Glen Ellen on this corner. Uh, well, let's start with that. First of all, tell me what is the Glen Ellen Star for people who don't know? Um, for people that don't know, tw- 12 years ago now, my wife Erin and I opened up Glen Ellen Star. Um, it's our neighborhood restaurant in Glen Ellen, mm-hmm. built around a wood-fired oven. Okay. Open kitchen, very intimate. We have about 64 seats, two buildings. Right. Um, the main kitchen, everything's visible, audible. It's it's, it's a full It's, it's a full right show. there. You're it's in right the there. kitchen. You're in the kitchen. Especially there, yeah. if you're at the counter, you're like, you know, the least amount of legal space <laughs> that you're allowed to do from stuff. the sneeze guard in right. the kitchen. Which is, I think uh, if you sit there, like, don't you have to help do side work and stuff? No. Oh, you no, don't? No, we don't. No. I would you just do it on my want, own. No. Okay. But you are in, you're in the mix, and okay. I think um, back when we opened, and still today, I think it's a nice show. People request it once they sit there. They might right. not be so sure. It's also hot because the wood oven... And it's, it's a legit wood-fired oven. There's it's, actual it's wood. Real wood. There's no that there. like sissy gas stuff. <laughs> no, this is like. But you can get legit. that fake, that fake wood stuff. It's so realistic now. You know, it looks yeah, like wood, but it's I ceramic. Just, I don't understand it's not your thing. That. I yeah. mean, I guess I understand at high volume, like airports or right. code. But I mean, if you can cook with wood, it's, it's, uh, it's great. It imparts a good taste to it, it and the smell and the ambiance and yeah, the, yeah, the whole thing. So. And it's uh, you, you mentioned. I like that you said it's like a local neighborhood restaurant. Yeah. Because even though it is actually quite a well-known restaurant, you had those French tire people mention you a few times. Yeah. And so people know about you, Michelin for those who are not not Preston or whatever. Uh, but you um, you also are very neighborhood focused. Yeah. And you, you invite people in from the neighborhood. You have neighborhood nights. We have uh, neighborhood nights, yeah. A couple um, kind of weekday, I guess, events that we throw our, our weekly neighborhood night on Wednesdays. Mm. Uh, we picked this up from the old Olive and Vine. Okay. Remember that restaurant? And that name is familiar. Yeah. Where is that? It's Catherine, um, God, I heard last name is Ventura, maybe. Okay. But it starts with a V, Italian. Okay. She's been around. Anyway, she was at Olive and Vine for years in Glen Ellen. Okay. And she had this neighborhood night, same concept, two course uh, wave wave corkage. Okay. Right? So um, we, when she was closing, I asked if we, with her blessing, I was going to do it anyway, but I was like, hey, right. neighborhood <laughs> thing, you're closing. I was like, I love the concept. Yeah. Can I take this, you know, right. and, and would you let all of your regulars know that we're picking this up? And okay. that was, you know, and uh, happened. The, the hitch. And so she said, absolutely. And I, I worked a neighborhood night in her restaurant. Oh, you did? On her last neighborhood night. You were like was, deputized as an employee. That was like go eight or nine that. years ago. It had to be. Or somewhere around Okay. That. Okay. And uh, it was awesome. I mean, great energy. Wednesday night. You know, she's packed house. Right. And Wednesday typically is a slower day in the restaurant. Hump day, yeah, it's yeah. very slow. Yeah. Typically. And that's... So, yeah, and that's so that we pick that up and it's fun. We It's kind of the launch pad for all the new menu items. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about your menu because it's, is this like, are you like classical French? Are you like Italian or what's your, what's, what's your take? Um, I was trained classical French, so it mm-hmm. started there, but you can't help but, you know, you can't ignore the wood oven aspect and that's, right. that's clearly not... 
uh, at the cornerstone of classical French cuisine. It's not so, the Escoffier thing, no. No. Okay. Um, so I had an interest in uh, in you know Latin and, and South American cooking. Oh, okay. I actually went down to Chile and Argentina. Really? For a couple of weeks, yeah. We cooked oh. down there um, at a restaurant called. It was a resort in the Uco Valley, at the foot of the Andes Mountains wow. in in Argentina, um, by a chef. His name is Francis Malman. Okay. Uh, and very well known, like the personality, or at least was in the last five ten years mm. in Argentina and mm. and uh, Uruguay. Mm. And uh, unbelievable. He's got a book called Seven Fires. That was very inspirational when we first opened. Seven different fire apparatuses. For um, cooking. I won't go into all of them, but yeah, on, 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 on how to cook with fire. Huh. So, you know, there's one called, for example, I mean, they have the wood oven and the wood grill. They have the caja china oh, in yeah, the, the yeah. box. And there was one called the uh, Infernio, where it um, basically you have two fires uh-huh. with cast iron and you're cooking on the middle shelf. Wow. So it's like on either side. Oh, like a salamander. Which is pretty okay. cool. Yeah. Yeah, but on, uh, from on both, both sides. sides. Yeah. Huh. Um, and a, a couple other. Anyway, would you just like seven. quickly, quickly, uh, sa- not saute? You would quickly like flash cook things in it. In yeah, you would like roasted vegetables or meat or whatever. But he okay. had this resort in down there. I, I went. I worked there about three days. Worked with the staff. Uh-huh. Uh, they also had this kind of uh, asada, which is like the kind of big fire pit where mm. you're cooking lamb and suckling pig and oh. hanging. You know, poultry and yes. pineapples and all that kind of stuff. And so I built these fires with them, and they had seven different outdoor fires. Well, they did. They actually used the seven yeah. fires at this restaurant. Yeah, that's a lot of. It prep was wild. Work. It was wild. <laughs> I mean, right. tell yeah, yeah. And it was all outside, hmm. so it's all weather permitting. Not, I right. mean, outside, outside. Like you're not. There's no structures. It's just right. You're, you're fire. outside, in but the a field. beautiful resort. Huh. And you'd sit in a wonderful dining room, but it would be out there. That's fantastic. And you would order. In, on the menu, the mm-hmm. seven fires. You would order what you wanted off. I mean, logistical friggin' nightmare, honestly. <laughs> right. It was wild. Right. And I don't think, yeah, it's it's certainly not scalable, and it's certainly not for large volume. But yeah. It was a pretty interesting concept, and they were doing it. And so you kind of took one of the fires, one of the seven. Yeah. And you had well, I focused on one. All the three days I was there, I was trying to like, understand it. Right. But. Um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty cool. So, did you do you bring any of those sort of Argentine or Chilean uh, dishes into Glen Ellen Star, or what kind of stuff um, do you cook? Yeah, on? I mean, in concepts, um, one of the coolest dishes down there, I, th- I thought. I mean, which I, I've attempted one time. Uh, they're very into their their, their beef. Their yes, that's a big beef. thing, right? And the marbling down there—it's all grass-fed, so it's not mm. corn. There's not like special, you know, added diet for mm. marbling, which can be controversial because maybe it makes the animal sick, but it tastes good and mm. all that. Mm. So it's all like natural, like it's it's really great, mm. but it looks a lot different, right? So it doesn't look like a marble piece of, of that meat we see or, at like, the store what here. We see right. So mm. at first glance, you're like, what? This can't taste good, but it, it, it really did. Huh. And they had a flank steak, you know, the flank steak that, right? So they would butterfly it, meaning they would, you know, make an incision and pound it out and get it nice and flat. Okay. And they did uh, mascarpone, chimichurri, and like these fried kettle potato chips. Okay. And they rolled it. <clears throat> Like a you know, okay, yeah. basically. <laughs> okay. So it was like a wrap, basically. Oh, okay, right. And they would they, they roasted in the oven, they sliced it, and they add like more potato chips on the top. <laughs> and it looked like a friggin' mess, right? <laughs> like, right. What the hell is this? Like how are you and it was it was very good. Huh. Like they, it was very surprising. Um you know, some of the techniques and some of the, the, the uh the, the dishes I was exposed to down there. Did you uh, bring that one to Glen Ellen Star? Did you try uh, we did a version of it. Okay. So of course it has to be a little bit more refined if it's right. gonna be like, you know, a in a restaurant and you're not, right. you know, it's so, yeah, so we, we did, we did a little, it's kind of like a, uh, have you ever had a uh, brajol? I don't Bra- think brajol so. Brajol is like the Italian roulade, it's like prosciutto, beef, raisin, oh. tomato sauce, okay. and cuts very rustic. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of in that technique. Okay. So, yeah. And the potato chips, I... The potato, were they like fried yeah. potato chips? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Gives it some crunch. Oh, yeah. And the mascarpone, the cheese? You're talking about mascarpone? Yeah, that was the first time I saw something like that. That was uh, that was an interesting like, touch. <laughs> I'm doing my head to the side, but okay. But maybe it's a good... Maybe it brings it all together. Yeah. I mean, I again, see. total mess. All right. And, uh, but good. What, so, what are some of your favorite dishes you like doing there? At Glen Ellen Star? At Glen Ellen Star. Not, not in Chile, when you're um, in a forest or... You know, so, we also have the, the added benefit of uh, my, my father-in-law, Mike Benziger. Oh, I've heard formerly of Formerly of Benziger. I've no, heard right? of that winery. No. He, his retirement plan is being a farmer. 
Oh. He's probably working harder now than he's like. Really? I mean, th- yeah, he's a total animal. This isn't and the Glentucky Farm, is it? Yeah, it's oh, okay. Glentucky Farms. <laughs> okay. So we have two acres planted. Uh-huh. This time of year, not a whole lot going on, but there's a lot of planting for spring. Right. And um, some of my favorite dishes are literally bringing, you know, product from the farm. Right onto the Through the wood there. oven right. and out. And literally, so this morning, you know, I took a meeting. And, of course, there's, like, a bunch of farm boxes. There's mm. lettuces, herbs. You know, a not a whole lot going on, but, like, yeah. there's enough down there. Yeah. Um, but typically, that'll be, you know, served tonight and tomorrow. And That's then fantastic. We can potatoes right now and greens. Yeah, we don't do a whole lot like of, gra- like, root vegetables. That's um, We only have one full-time employee. Oh. And, and him. So okay. digging carrots, anything underground. Right. We've done them before. It's but a lot it's of work. not. It's just, like, it does not. It's a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. We've done beets, potatoes. Wait, you say Mike? Carrots. Mike is farming. Mike's yeah. He's not. I mean, he's, he's a great guy. He, he's not very young. No. To be farming. Okay. No. Good for him. Yeah, I know. Keeps him young. Yeah, it keeps him young. Keeps him engaged and outdoors. And <laughs> I mean, he's 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 yeah. Keeps him doing stuff. Um, so a lot of seasonal vegetables and and from the farm. Yeah. Two acres. So so vegetable okay. wood vegetables. That's kind of been the cornerstone. Right. Of uh, of our menu, and um, you know we have three to five depending on the time of year, mm-hmm. and we cycle through and, and have, you have fun. Some, but you have some classics on that menu, don't you? Yeah, the uh, wood roasted Brussels sprouts and the brown sugar bacon marmalade. You can't get Summer, rid of that. Winter, you can't get rid of that, summer. can you? You have tried. to have. Yeah, we've, we've they are good. A times. They are good. They're good. Ari, how did you come into becoming the restaurant business? Other than being born at Glen Ellen Star, what what was your true yeah. creation story here? Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Um, outside of Philadelphia. Okay. So uh, I grew up in a, a town called Narberth, Pennsylvania. Narberth. Narberth. Uh, the easy. Uh, a lot of people refer to it as Penn Valley. That's okay. the easier way. I went to okay. Penn Valley Elementary School. Oh wow. Okay. Um, born and raised there. My mom um, didn't know how to cook mm. when she married my dad mm. and took cooking classes when I was really really young and she would just experiment. That's great. When I was like super young age. Really. And back then it was like Sarah Moulton on the Food Network. I don't know okay. if you. Okay. Uh, Julia Chow was kind I mean, of like already there, but right. you know they're the, like the new crop of Food Network people that were coming. People that were coming up. So. That was back when Food Network was less about personalities, and they're like, "Here's a recipe." Yeah, that was Here's like the beginning. I think I wouldn't say that's yeah. like the eighty. I'd say early mid to late eighties, early nineties. That's mm-hmm. kind of the the. Uh, I was born in seventy nine. Got it. And so, my yeah. first restaurant job was fourteen. Oh, really? So, so your parents didn't own a restaurant. No, you no. just you just applied for a job. Yeah, Were so, you a so somewhere in between nine and fourteen is like when my mom started watching TV you know, or at least to, like experimenting right. and cooking actual dinners that are like like Tuesday night with like lamb chops and like that's fantastic potato gratin. And like I'm in this is like my mom. Yeah. And I'm in seventh grade. Or was she grade. encouraging you to help out or were you the dish no. person? Okay. No, no. She just uh, made dinner and we would like talk about it and say, oh, yeah, that was good. That was bad. Whatever. I don't oh, know. I tried lamb. So I had a, a big, I had early exposure to lots of dynamic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then fun. did you know then that you wanted to become a no, chef? No. So funny story. Um, I can say this because it's kind of public knowledge, but it happened at Thanksgiving dinner. I was maybe 12 years old. And we went to our, our family, had a Thanksgiving dinner. It was uh, my great aunt, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's passed, so okay. I can talk about this now. Oh. <laughs> but it was awful. Oh, I mean, really? It was a disaster. <laughs> oh, no. And Thanksgiving Well, was, Thanksgiving's hard. It's high stakes. But It's hard. But I knew, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, even at that age, like, right. something's not right here. I mean, nothing was, was so. Really? Every, everything was bad. So Dry I said, turkey. Everything was awful. Okay. So I said to my mom, I said, I think I can do this better. And she's like. Okay. She's like, then let's try to do it better. Wow. And two days later, so it's like a Saturday, we did a Friendsgiving. Oh, okay. So we literally got we a turkey. Did it again. They were cheaper by that. That's a Friday afterwards. <laughs> yeah. You can give them the bargain. Everyone wants to get right. a turkey. So we got, we did the whole thing for like maybe 14 people and I don't know, 12. I That's mean, fantastic. I'm sure it was better. Maybe right. we thought it was better, but we told ourselves it was better. That became a tradition. That was kind of the launch point. So Thanksgiving, I did every year until through culinary school. Wow. When I lived back on the East Coast. Hold on. So we really, Glen Ellen Star started because your great aunt made a dry Screwed up Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah. She didn't even do like the the aspic uh, uh, salad correctly, the weird green jello salad. No, there was that. There was also the the cranberry jelly was not even cut. It was like, oh, in that, in that, in that, that shape? There was like several of them in a glass bowl. I got it. (laughs) Come on, man. Come on. And he's like, I can do a little bit. I was like, wow. So, (laughs) no, but you know, I made. 
right. cranberry sauce. It's I fantastic. Like, I did everything, Good the stuffing, the turkey. Um, and again, I, I don't remember. I think we all were delighted it all came out. Nobody right. got, you know. There's a, no got sick. It was great. Right. right. And so that became the tradition. And then by 14, I wanted, I got a restaurant job. Good. I worked in a restaurant. And you're probably so a So freshman in high school. Yeah. It was like in the winter. Hmm. And uh, I went, there was a Lebanese restaurant that I oh, worked in called cool. Aldar. It's still there. Okay. We still go. And uh, that was my first job. That's and good. I was I was on salad and dish. I washed some dishes. And yeah. then, you know, uh, you, then I'd like run on salad and, you know, make the hummus, the baba ganoush, the tabbouleh salad, the moussaka, and all like the, the meza. Right. You made that stuff. The pickled vegetables. Yeah. All that stuff. The, all the salad dressings and all that kind of stuff. And they had uh, three Lebanese brothers. Uh-huh. George, Michelle, and Joseph, again, all still... All they're still, still there? there. The, the, literally, the restaurant's still there. Like, when you and walk mother, in, they're like, hey! They're, they're still there. They're yeah. still there. Yeah. And um, their mother, at the time, she she passed, but she was had to be in her 70s back mm-hmm. then. She had all the recipes. That's Brought them over from Lebanon. Right. The olive oil and, like, all the sumac and the za'atar and all the spices all came from there. Interesting. And they would... That's, you know, she was like the workhorse. Huh. And she would make, and she taught me a couple, you know, tricks and right. this kind of stuff. I'm 14, like, so, you know, I'm not like a threat. I'm not going to steal anybody's recipe. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to so, start so my own time. Yeah. I'm going to start you know, hawking hummus out the back door <laughs> and falafel and all that kind of stuff. So I learned. This is great. And that was my job for almost all of high school. Okay. That's yeah. good. That's probably a good way to learn hard work, learn yeah. how to clean up. Yeah. Right? And you see some serious, like, crazy dysfunctional family, things back then. Family I mean, business? Well, just the dynamic of the kitchen uh-huh. uh, and maybe most kitchens back then, you know, there's there was no like workers rights breaks. No. I mean, there's no like, uh, you know, uh, protocol. I mean, they, you, know, you had hierarchy in the kitchen, but usually somebody was drunk or like just belligerent <laughs> or just very angry and yes. loud. Yes. And I remember the first night we got smacked. Oh, one guy left. He freaked out. Maybe he was drunk. I don't know. Again, I was 14. Like, I right. don't know. I wasn't right. aware. You weren't of, fully aware of the situation. Like, this yeah. is crazy. And I was like, wow, something's going on over there. And they're fighting. And then that guy <laughs> left. And I was like, and the guy's like, hey, come over. And I was like, what? okay. And I go over and I was, he's like, just talking me through the pickups. It was like pasta, penne, nothing complicated, but right. still, I've never cooked like that before. That was like a whole nother line so cook. So you, you got like promoted to line cook. Like, I mean, that that was, I went back to salad the very next day right. because like that was not. Right. I love that. Probably like in a table. The food's, the food's got to get out. Oh my God. That was a crazy so restaurant. this was a sit down restaurant. This wasn't like a oh, yeah. night to go. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. we do have here uh, in Sonoma Valley, we have spread and she was kind of like Lebanese inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, food yeah. Like that. But we don't have a lot of, um, you know, Mediterranean Lebanese style food in Sonoma Valley compared to other places. Back east, I think there's there's more. There's a lot, yeah. Yeah, that's... That's that's my Israeli, Lebanon, like the, the Middle Eastern... Right. Um, that's some of my favorite... Like, good food. ...go-to food. Well, and it's... it's The food is similar to California food in that, you know, fresh, regional olive oil. We can grow a lot of that stuff here. Yeah, um, yeah. But we kind of infuse it slightly differently with, with other things. Yeah. But that's, yeah, yeah, we do. Huh. We do. And so, okay, so how, how come you don't have, like, shawarma and stuff going over there? At the I mean, I don't, it's store? not really a passion of mine to, to make it. I got it. But you I like do enjoy eat it? eating it, yeah. <laughs> So you left Pennsylvania, though. You're yeah, like, so I need to go someplace so, else. So graduated high school, went okay. to UC Colorado Boulder. Okay. Go bison. Cooking. Go bison. No, no. Buffaloes. Shoot. I, oh, come on. It's the same Rough, thing. Nah. Isn't it no, the same no, thing? It's not. It's not. No. A buffalo and bison. I mean, it's close. It's close enough. You're the buffalo? Buffalo. All right, go Buffalo. All right, you went there. Go Sorry. go Buffs. Go Buffs. Um, so went there four years, studied business. Okay. Finance, economics, didn't cook That's actually probably all. the smartest thing a restaurant person can do is <laughs> yeah. study business. But I uh, in the summers, I worked, um, it was called Solomon Smith Barney at the time. Now Ooh. it's called Morgan Stanley. Or, you had a suit. Uh, you had a yeah, tie. Yeah, I did. So I did, but I did like the you had an Excel spreadsheet. Broker. I worked, yeah. Okay. And that was just... God, awful were you boring. were you like a twenty two year old broker? I was, no, every every summer, so eighteen to nineteen, nineteen to twenty, in between, uh-huh. I had like an internship. Got it. And it was just like a no. I mean, uh, just not fun. <laughs> and I I was so bored out of my mind. I knew like this is what I was going to take a stab at, and this is right. my what I'm focusing on. I was generally interested in 
you know, the financial markets and I right. day trade and all that stuff. But to sit there in an office like that and like cold call With, and like be somebody's lackey. Don't you need like three awful. screens and then like, it's like that movie Boiler Room, you got to call people. Well, I, they, I would have a list, I mean, eight hours of just like cold calling people for broker. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. And I just couldn't, I couldn't right. do it. Wasn't and so thing. the last year I just said, I'm not doing this. I, I can't. I want to go back to drunk people fighting in a kitchen with knives. So funny story. So the same three brothers who had Aldar, they had a catering and a private events business called Aviva okay. down the down the road. And so I work the events. I'd be front, but front of the house. Okay. So I didn't cook. I just like well, it was you had easier. the white shirt already from the. Broker. But it was easier to just like drop it in like at four o'clock, yep. like, you know, and work a catering event and take an order and blah blah blah. And so I made some money. That was fun. That was like after because after work. Those people are fun. Like yeah. that, it's like, all right, let's go get in the. <laughs> like yeah, I want to get into a fight, and I was like, well, <laughs> that's fun, but it's not, you know. And right. you know, so that was like, that was, I felt so it's like more, weddings and stuff like that. Yeah, and that was kind of fun for me, and that I looked right. forward to that at night. I actually looked forward, and I was like, maybe I should look forward to what I want to do. Yeah. And not like hate it. Yeah. And so I was going into my senior year, and I had to make a decision. I was like, what am I going to do here? And it happened to be two thousand and one, and. The, uh, the internet bubble, the first mm. one burst. Remember that one. And nobody could get a job in finance, mm. in, on Wall Street at least. Mm. And I remember all my friends, everybody coming, like we were January, we we're about to graduate, we we're in May, mm. and I was like, nobody can get jobs. And I was like, screw it, I'm just gonna go to culinary school. I mean, why not? It's 17 months. Right. I can buy my time by that. Maybe, you know, if I wanna go back to finance, I'll just reapply, I already right. have my degree, done. Right. And I went to culinary school. And- it, uh, This is all back east though? Yeah, I went back. Uh, I drove, I got a little, did a little road trip when I was done graduating. Okay, I saw Santa Fe, Albuquerque, Vegas, okay. Chicago. Like, As you do. Did a whole thing. As you do, yeah. Got home, uh, Pennsylvania, lived with my parents at the time. Good. I had like two months before I went to CIA, Culinary oh, Institute of America in, in Hyde Park. Okay. And I got a job at a restaurant called The Striped Bass in Philadelphia, just okay. like to buy my time. Just, all right, I right. want to get into work in a real restaurant. Right. Never really worked in a real, like, right. fine like dining. Like a higher end restaurant. No. With and uh, so I did that. Got my, my ass kicked a little bit. It was a lot different than what I expected. Right. Honestly. And, uh, but it was good. I made some good contacts. Good. They, they knew I was like on a path that was short, you know, I didn't, mm-hmm. not a whole lot of hazing. They were like, okay, he's going to culinary school. Right. He's like, he's, he's 21. He's like coming in here. And, uh, I learned a couple tricks and I got a little bit of experience and then I went to culinary school. Okay. And, uh, we did that. That was uh, a lot of kids that go to culinary school. Never went to college. Yeah, coming right out of high school, mm. and a lot. The other component are career changers who are a lot older that come mm. back. Mm. And so the first six weeks before you can get in a kitchen to pick up a knife are like real skills, like accounting, journalism. Oh, they teach you that. All that, like well, you good. know, business, law. The CIA is teaching that. All that, and oh, so okay. the first day in culinary school, they're like, "There's 26 of us or 27 right. of us." They're like, "Look around." They're like, "Half of you will not graduate. Right. Half of you won't even make it to the end." That was the Words of encouragement. All <laughs> oh, right. Like, okay. <laughs> but your tuition is still due. <laughs> and uh, six weeks into that program is skills one. That's your first time in the kitchen. Okay. Okay. There might have been 18 people left. Like, really? I mean, that that nine, of, nine have never even made it through the first six weeks. That's like, interesting. It was just like, That's probably smart, though, because running a restaurant is very hard and Yeah, there's, so. there's more to it. I mean... There's more avenues, right. obviously, but yeah, that's, uh, but you know, they want, they, they give you, it's like an associate degree and right, that's make great. sure that's more than that. So, so you survived that you worked in restaurants in Philadelphia. Yeah. Did you ever move to other cities or did you stay in Philadelphia? Yeah. Um, my externship okay. in the middle of culinary school, I went to work for uh, chef Georges Perrier in oh. Philadelphia okay. at his fine dining establishment called Lebec Femme. Okay. Which is uh, uh, crazy. He's the French. He, yeah, I mean, in his day, he was probably the, uh, you know, foremost recognized French chef in Philadelphia. Okay. And, you know, I mean, that he was like the the man. And this was like the classic French dining then. Like you classic had to wear, French, you had like Gerardon, yeah, toques, the whole thing. You had toques? Did you do table side carving and stuff like that? All, and, I mean, the servers did that, yeah. but yes, it was all there. Awesome. And that was Lebec Fenn, and that was like a wild. Okay. I mean, if you if you have a chance... Google George Perry in a kitchen. You'll see him screaming and cursing. And I mean, he is the, th- this is who, these is the caricature. This is, right. this is who you make right. like those, you know, cartoons. He of, of like the angry French chef out of his mind. with like the, the chef knife screaming. Out of his mind. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but <laughs> perfectionist, great food, but like what it took to get there was not a sustainable environment right. by any means for anybody. Not very... And so that was like, that was short lived, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of graduated with like, okay, I can work in a crazy place. Right. This is I can handle crazy. I can handle crazy. And, and so, volume and stress and like, okay, this is, you know, you learned that the along real the way. Deal. Okay. Yeah. Which is good. Like there's not culinary school. Oh, you didn't pick up your, you know, like, like grab the guy by his collar and like, you burn my phone. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it, so it's just, it's wild. So got out of there, graduated, moved to New York City. Okay. Um, Where my, things are much calmer. Everything's much calmer yeah. in New York City. Um, had my first, I guess, restaurant, like high volume New York, Upper West Side experience mm. at Pichaline. Pichaline, okay. And I worked for a guy, his name was Terrence Brennan. Uh-huh. He's still out there. I don't know what he owns anymore, but he's, he's out there somewhere. Okay. And uh, that was like one year, like line cook, just got like hammered. Just, I mean, just high just, volume. I mean, upper like three, wet. 320 covers a night, just like <laughs> break you down and just, okay. Was it French inspired cuisine too? It was, it was Mediterranean French and okay. um, very good food. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd probably one star Michelin hmm. by today's standards if I okay. had to pin it. But right. yeah, it was, it was, and then, but the volume was crazy. And it was in New York. Let me ask you, how does like the New York food scene compare to like the West Coast food scene or the California food scene? Which I, I mean, realize now, that's a city okay, versus. I don't know now, but I know that back in the mid nineties, it was early, very competitive. Early, early aughts, I should say. It was very competitive, but there's a lot of camaraderie. Okay. Like we would go to bars. So when I got after Pichelin, I went to a restaurant Danielle, which is a little mm. bit more well known, and that was like one of like the Ivy League, you know, cooking establishment right. in New York. And so there was a bar. And it was Jean Georges, Lebec Fen, or uh, sorry, uh, Le Bernardin, Danielle, oh, okay. uh, Massa, per se, Thomas Keller's French mm-hmm, laundry. Mm-hmm. And they would, all the cooks would go to the bar. This one bar. This and is you would know, oh, that, that's per se, oh, that's Danielle. Oh, that's, and it was, it was fun. Like, buy each other drinks, we'd all chit chat. Um, and we built, you know, a nice network, right, but right. it was very competitive. It was like, oh, you got, you know, that you got a real shitty review in the New York Times. Like, <laughs> is that really? That sucks happened? to be you. Ah! And then, so there was kind of like a little bit of that, but right. it was awesome. And New York was every celebrity from like Donald Trump to, mm-hmm. you know, Bill Murray to mm-hmm. Steve Wynn to, you know, Clinton. I mean, right. Puff Daddy, Jay-Z, Beyonce in like one week. And they would know, all come into your restaurant. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was just like. That's nuts. I, it was crazy. And it's so, New York though. It was New York. And just like, and they would come in unannounced and they would come right. in <clears throat> and you'd be cooking for them. And, and Danielle, they had the skybox where you could see. So that was Danielle's office was in the oh. kitchen above and there was a big window and they turned it into a, like a private dining, you know, oh, for, really? for high right. so profile can, people. So, so look down on the kitchen. Down. Yeah. And so you would oh see God. them, they would, it, was, it was pretty cool. They would meet, they'd you know, say hello, and it was a big kitchen, and it was a lot of fun. And that was, but that was, again, high burnt, high, high volume, crazy. <laughs> um, so I, I felt like I, I like built my, right. my chops. And right. then um, I never opened a restaurant, so I wanted to open a restaurant. That was my next. Okay, so you, had, you were crazy enough. You're like the yelling, the screaming, mm-hmm. the, uh, oh, this is so much fun. I want to do it myself. Um, that was your plan. My plan was... I want to, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to do this, yeah, I want to be able to make a living. Okay. And I saw, I knew that before I even got into it, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I, I hate retail finance. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not cut out to be like a banker, investment mm-hmm. banker. I mm-hmm. just don't, I don't have the, the motivation or like the general interest at that level mm-hmm. to do it well. And so, but this I'm really passionate about and this is what I want to do. And the whole time, analytically, I'm like, all right, how do I, how do I work here until... Like I'm either the best in the room or I have nothing left to learn. Okay. That's that that was the standard. Okay. When that, there was no time frame when that happened, you gotta go. You were done. And so I never opened a restaurant before. And I wanted to open a restaurant and uh, it was called Gilt, G I L T. Okay. And it was in the old Le Cirque space so at you had, the you had Palace for money, Hotel. Right? Yeah. Gilt? Yeah. Gilt, yeah. Or gold, yeah. Gold, yeah. And it was literally golded. Like there there's a Wait, you opened this restaurant? Well, so I was on the opening team, oh, you but are? the cool. chef, who's still a friend of mine, his name was Paul Lee Brent. Mm-hmm. And so I met him, it was 2005, I think we okay. opened, and uh, it was a wild, like crazy opening. Okay. This is back in New York still. Back in New York. Okay. Yeah. Very, the highest level of food that we've done. Uh-huh. 60 to 80 covers, so a lot okay. less volume, but okay. very, very- How like, long was the dining, like a turn was like a two hour, there was, three there hour was thing? There was one seating. Okay. Nobody, yeah. you don't turn. 
It was just like you sit down <laughs> and you're there you, for like four you, hours. You are stuck. Mm-hmm. This is like what, you know, the, the single threads and stuff here the, the yes. locally. Like but you're there. The, the problem was we were doing it just before the financial crisis. I was going to mention, 2005 is great because nothing's get, for, for the next 10 years, there'll be no problems, Ari. Everything's going to yeah. be fine. So just yeah. bad timing, but you can't time that kind you of stuff. You can't time and, it. And so we opened. It was a good 18-month experience. Mm. We were there. We worked with amazing ingredients, had a great team mm-hmm. um, made. You know, Paul and I, were, we're still friends, mm-hmm. and uh, really saw, like, what, you know, elite cooking and fine dining That's could be. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? This is really not for me. I mean, yeah. it's, it's all day long a commitment to, like, the craft and this and that, and, like, you have no... I wasn't married at the time we didn't mm-hmm. have kids, but... So I put the time in. Mm-hmm. But knowing, I was like, all right, file that away for never doing that. Yeah, stressful. Long time. That's which, your life. Right. And right. so, of course, I went right back into that. That's exactly what I did because that's what I knew and I was uncomfortable with. So I, I opened uh, another restaurant called Corton with Paul okay. in, uh, in New York and then kind of uh, worked there until, again, six days a week, 80 hour, 90 yeah. hour a week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's awful. Yeah. Aaron and I already got married. Okay. She, and we live there. Uh, uh, she was working for her family, Benziger Winery. Okay. Six days a week. I, it was fine. Was, like, was she like the East Coast distributor or something like East that? East Coast, okay. yeah. And I was uh, same hours, and we'd have Sundays together. Right. That was it. And then we got pregnant with Noah, our oh, first daughter. Okay. And okay. we're like, are right, we get the hell out of here? <laughs> we cannot raise like, kids Noah's in this Noah's going to literally uh, grow up in a drawer in a dresser. Yeah, There's nowhere yeah. to go. So we moved out to California. Oh. Um, Did you guys come here first to Northern we California? We came to Glen Ellen. Oh. Manhattan to Glen Ellen. They're very similar. They, bo- For example... Oh, yeah. uh, I have been to Manhattan, and they also have a stop sign, as does Glen Ellen. I think I you guys mean, have two of them. Talk about like culture yeah. shock. And I remember <laughs> we used to eat at like ten o'clock at night, and I remember oh. Glen Ellen's like shut down at seven. Yeah, what would you ten o'clock at night in Glen Ellen? Uh, no, no, we used to eat in New York. I was like, saying, yeah, you go out, you, you, would you do like, nothing. linger, you do right. that. So now it's just like I'm like, what the hell did I do? I'm like staring at the ceiling the first night. You hear a rooster? It's like, like seven fifty nine. I'm like. <laughs> What the dog hell? is barking? <laughs> I can see stars. You can see stars, and that's why it's, and you're like, this is it, Glen Ellen Star. That's it. Maybe, maybe, but uh, you know. So I'm there, and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? We're pregnant. I don't have a job. Mm. I have no prospects. And they were right in the September, right in the middle of harvest. Mm-hmm. And Mike's like, hey, we need help. My father-in-law. Let like, me tell right, you what go. a cellarat does. Aaron. No, no, no. I was in the in the. I was harvesting. Were you? Oh, yeah. oh good. You're out there getting some grapes. Tractors. Good grapes. Good. It was three weeks. Wait, it was can I see? You got all your fingers still? You do? Yeah. Do they give you the hook to, to cut them? Good. You're, um, you're alive. Okay. I got the award for, I think I I ended up on Highway 12 with the tractor because I missed a turn off. <laughs> we were harvesting imagery. Okay. And it was like four in the morning. Was it night harvest? Yeah. And uh, I, I'm like, what? what, what? How am I on the <laughs> Go, Going down the road? hill with a tractor. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, screw, you know. I can't hear anything. Right. And it's so loud. And I have all the grapes. So you, you have know. the gondolas behind you, I, full of grapes. I, yeah. Bunch of Pinot. And I, I missed. You I was supposed to turn. It, le- I was supposed to do this big, sharp U turn. Instead, yeah. I just Go left. Back and up I the never. Road. And I, I didn't. I ended up on the road. You didn't and, spill the grapes, though, did you? No, no. Okay. Uh, but I, then I had to like, get out and somebody had to get it back in because I couldn't. Reverse That'd be so fantastic if you were in the news somewhere, like if you go to like an archive. I could have gotten hit some, by a car. I mean, some was, idiot like, so blocks dumb. Highway yeah. 12, which yeah. is the main that road through me. the valley. Some some New York. So yeah, so uh, harvest didn't pay off. You had to do something else. No, it was it was your, one your bad night. Job of three is... weeks. It wasn't bad, <laughs> um, but it was awesome. I get I saw the process. I was part of like the harvest team. It was camaraderie. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. I met all the guys. It was great. It's similar probably to a kitchen in that there's a, a team dedication Definitely. to a highly specialized task. Yeah. Uh, and a sense of accomplishment when it's yeah. done. You can look like, back and there's no more grapes, but there's like these, you know, gondolas full of grapes. Yeah. But it, that was awesome. And then I, I know I, I had a mountain bike mm-hmm. and I did, I rode Jack London State Park okay. pretty much every day okay. as like my like center of like, right. hey, what am I going to do? I need to plan this out. <laughs> my midlife crisis. And uh, okay. I ended up getting a job at the French Laundry, oh. which is the fine oh. dining track that I didn't want. Over to the hill. To. Oh, yeah. So, oh, so yep. you had to commute over to Napa for that. So I commuted there for almost two years. Okay. That was an amazing experience. Yeah. That was like... Um, I hear that restaurant's going to catch on eventually. There's, <laughs> But just like such an established culture and legacy and amazing... I mean, what an amazing place to work. If I had found that restaurant 10 years ago, I would have mm. probably been there for 10 years. Oh, interesting. Easily. Okay. okay. But I would. we had our a daughter yeah. and I was getting paid $10 an hour or whatever it was. <laughs> and that wasn't going to work. So... Um, yeah. Yeah. That's when we found, I drive by Glen Ellen Star every day to work because I'd oh, down London right, Ranch Road. Right. And one day it was for sale. Oh. And I remember I looked at it and I texted Aaron and 
we uh not when i was driving of course you know of safe. course right and this and, back uh, in the day when you yeah. and uh she looked at it and i looked at it and my father looked at it and mm-hmm. i called my dad and i was like and then somebody bought it somebody it was well, like leased so like, it was a restaurant it before it was called uh saffron that was the That's restaurant right, saffron. and so somebody Literally, it was on the market for like a week. I got snapped up. Somebody snapped it up. And I was like, shit, like mm-hmm. that, that would have been so perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you know. And two weeks later, it just fell out of escrow. And oh. It was for sale again. That was a sign. And then we jumped on it. We, we ended up buying it. It was like they sold it for like a song. I mean, there was like, wow. It was just, they Something just wanted to get out of there. Yeah, okay. And the first sale fell through and they were like, let's, we just want this, we want this done. Right. And uh, that was to our benefit. So we bought it. Okay. No idea about permitting. Any of that stuff. I, I mean, would like to put an editorial note in here that permitting in Sonoma County is very easy, and it just flies right through. I got. I got to tell you death. something. I mean, this is like. <laughs> so you, I, I'm cooking yeah. this whole time. That's my only narrow right. perspective. Right. That's it. Now I, I, I can read a P and L, but that's mm-hmm. about it. Right. I, I don't know the business of restaurants. Right. But I know the hospitality and the cooking mm-hmm. and the leadership and the mentorship and all right, that. Right. Fine. That's my. That's my focus. That's your, your area. So. And Aaron's in wine. Like, there's mm-hmm. no other, mm-hmm. there's nobody else here. Mm-hmm. So when we started the process, we had hired a contractor and Doug Keene from Cyrus. Oh, yeah. Good, good friend of mine. Yep. Still is. And he recommended a contractor and we talked to him and mm-hmm. recommended, uh, you know, the restaurant supply. So he, like, I just, he just made right. the intro. And I was, like, followed up. Right. And we get to the point, the contractor's like, I won't mention his name in case he gets in trouble. And he's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do, do this, this, and that. And then, you know, we're going to have to file these permits for... I was like, what What do you mean by that? Like, permit? Permit? He's like, yeah, yeah, permits. And I was like, we can't just build a restaurant? He's like, no. And I was like, uh, okay. I was like, so what does that mean? He's like, well, it's going to take... You know, a year, blah, blah, blah. I was like, a year? I was like, you don't have a year. It can't take a year. I was like, it's, it's like a postage stamp of a of a place it's crazy and it take like, less than a year but it was right. like you know it was yeah. a process yeah i couldn't believe like what it took <laughs> to do it and i'm just one after the other that the, the amount of coordination and the architect and the designer mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. this and that and the health code and the alboa and i just like it was a total on the fly education that was yeah the and crucial I, education. I was there every day on site with the contractors and with the inspectors and all this stuff and the architect and this, I mean, all of it. We didn't even have a designer, actually. We right. just, I did, I designed You're just like, myself. let's put the bank I'm picking right out there. tiles. Let's do this. This is perfect. Yeah. And then, you know, where's the oven going to go? And the guy's like, I remember when the oven came in, they had uh, to take the front of the restaurant off. Oh, to get in there, yeah. And they had to hire a structural engineer to put studs and support so when the oven, 6,000 pounds, right. goes in, every place it goes, it's supported. Oh, right. So and they left all the that, floor. And they left all that structure there because... Well, then so, you can bring in cars and then make it a showroom. But, you know, if, if the oven costs, for example, $20, uh-huh. it took $120 <laughs> to get it there. And it's the centerpiece of the restaurant and it looks great. So, but right? like, but so imagine doing a budget and you're like, oh, the oven's only 20 bucks. Yeah. Great. Okay. So maybe it'll be 30. Yeah. Like no, plus or like, minus. Yeah. Like four X, four, five, <laughs> six X to get it in there. And I was like, what? The F, like, are you, no way. And, yeah. and, and, you know, of course, we're like going back to the drawing board and we're like, all right. So maybe we don't need 11. Uh, maybe we can just do a was, microwave. No, it was like, it was all, it was, uh, there's too many things in motion. That was, yeah, the, the train had left the station. Area. The train had left the station. And I knew that's what I wanted because that's, yeah. that was what. Okay. So, so you have this restaurant, it gets noticed, it's big, everyone yeah. loves it. And you're like, that's enough. I'm done. I'm not doing any other businesses, right? right. Like, you're done, right? That's all you do, right? Um, so, you you don't see, wait. You you can't possibly see around the corner when you first open. Your head's down. You don't know which way is up. You don't know if you make money for the right. first six months. Right. You're you're like, oh yeah, there's money in the bank. That's great. I can do payroll. I don't know what's <laughs> right. happening. Right. Once you get a little bit of foot, then then you start to think, all right, how can I not work every day, mm-hmm. 12, 14 hours a day, even though it's for myself. Right. But how do I get a balance? Because now I have a daughter. I have two more on the way. Mm-hmm. We have twins. Mm-hmm. I have three daughters. My wife was like, not going to see me, and this right. is not... So that's, that's not a healthy way to that's, that's the trap that most, you know, single operators get into. Mm-hmm. Is they, they turn around in two years, and they're like, they can't get out. Right. They're, they're, they're shackled. Right. And they can't get out because, you know, you're, you're, on the, you're confined to what you can do in your restaurant. So if you have a smaller restaurant like I do, the mm-hmm. challenge is, how do you generate another income stream? Right. And promote somebody so you can actually... Take some breathing room and have a. So, have so a, what was your plan? What'd you do? So we started catering. 
<laughs> so you do more work. So, All right, so you open Glen Ellen and start catering. So we opened Stellar Catering right. through the restaurant, which was, we hit our capacity very fast. You have a big trailer that has the uh, uh, No, we didn't even have that yet. Oh, we okay. just had like, you know, we literally started catering and going to people's homes. Oh, really? And I would go to the house and my sous chef would run the kitchen okay. and then I would come back. Wait, you like, would cook in the house? Yeah. Or you'd prep at this? I prep everything at the restaurant. Okay. And, but you can see how fast like that mm. hit the ceiling. And then yeah. our first kind of like high profile request um, came through and it was like too good to, I couldn't right. say no. And I said yes before I even knew if I could do it. And I remember I got married in mm. at Glen Ellen at Imagery. Oh. And Bruce Reisman from Park Avenue Catering did our wedding. Okay. And I remembered at some point I might need to connect with that guy. But you should remember if that I'm going to end up out here, fellow East Coast guy. And I remember yeah. I called him and I was like, "Hey, I'm kind of in a bind. Yeah, uh, you catered my wedding. That, that was I didn't talk to him in like right. ten years, whatever. Right. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "Yeah." I remember he's like, "Well, here's the situation. I have like 80 people. Right. I've never done more than 15. It's offsite. They need me to do the whole kitchen, everything. Right. I'm a little bit in over my head. Um, I could tell him no, but I kind of said yes. And <laughs> I kind of cashed the deposit check. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even, we didn't take deposits. We knew nothing okay, about okay, catering. Okay. We were just like stupid. Yeah. So yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, I think I think I can help you out. It was okay. a weekday. So we we struck a deal. I was like, all right, I, I'll, I'll sell. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have a backlog. I have like 25 events right now that I can right. just dump on your lap. Oh, great. And like, if you could handle all of that and right. I'll train your staff and do the cooking and, mm -hmm. or at least like the recipe training and I'll be on site to execute as like the lead and I'll make right. sure that's all done. Um, can we work this out? And he's like, yeah. Oh, good. And so. So you formed a partnership then, then with Park born, Avenue. I took all the infrastructure from the restaurant. And right. I was like, here you go, Park Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Here's okay. 20 gigs. And like, you get I mean, I just, you know, hammered them with inquiries right. and, and then. We said no to some things. We said yes to other things. And then Bruce, 20 years older than me, mm -hmm. back in February of 2020, if mm -hmm. you remember, you can Everything's dial going it up. back. It's just like 2006. Things are only February going up. February 2020. It's only going up. Aaron and I bought Park Avenue Catering. Yeah, great idea. Because so many events are coming. So yeah. many. Uh, and uh, that was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. And but so Bruce we, stayed on. He was there Bruce, to help. Yeah. Out. Well, okay. so, sorry. I should say we bought half. Oh, good. Okay, with, good. With... We had a 50% partnership mm. with the plan to either buy the rest or um, we ended up identifying several long-term employees that bought the other half oh, of that's Bruce great. and Bruce stayed on. So that's great. It's great. It's awesome. But you managed to make it through COVID? Uh, COVID was, <laughs> for me, for a restaurant and a catering company, that was the worst news you could possibly have. I mean, you know, it was just this insurmountable challenge yeah. before PPP and ERC and anybody knew what was going on. And you're like, well, wait, I can't serve in the restaurant and I just lost 600 events mm. or more yeah. on the calendar. Yeah. And we have their deposits and they want their money back. Right. And we're like- But you're probably using that money um, to do the other stuff. We, we, we kind of need that money right yeah, now because cash flow. otherwise we're, we're done. Huh. And so we're like, we, you, so you kind of can't have your money back. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean? We can't do I was like, oh, no, no, no. We'll cater your event. Right. But you're not allowed to. I was like, we don't care. <laughs> we'll, we will show we up. We will figure we'll, it out. We'll, whatever. Whatever right. happens. We'll do it in a field. And it, we ended up 98% of those events we huh. did in the next year when it was legal yeah, to do Yeah, but you so. were able to push them back. But like we had to sit there and tread water. You just white knuckled it, huh? And uh, that was just not fun. And then that was just the catering company. Then the restaurant, we had to sort out to go. Right. Indoor out. I mean, they were, California mishandled COVID. If, on a scale of one to 10, this is the worst state. California is the worst state. You think state. so? The worst state. The worst. I mean, they banned outdoor dining. I mean, it's just like the, the decisions that happened some in of the, the state uh, were just. Some of the outside. nuance in communication and implementation. I mean, could have banned been beaches, better. parks, outdoor. I mean, just like, just awful. And so. You know, we did what we had to do, and we figured that out. And PPP and ERC, I, I got to the government, right. federal government stepped in. Helped you out. Uh, not, not a big government guy, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that, was, uh, that was the saving grace. And literally, or I mean, we have inflation, all these problems now, mm -hmm. but if that didn't happen, that, I it think would've it would have been worse. You wouldn't be here today. Not only for right. me, but just uh, that would have been a d disaster. It would uh, very a disaster much a disaster for us. Was... And uh, so I don't know, man. It was like one day, one foot in front of the other. One day, just, lots just of keep uh, moving it. lots of anxiety and stress and right. events that you know. I, yeah, I was in a lot of calls with you back then. It was uh, 
It's kind of bleak. Yeah. Eric, here's the thing. Then you're like, okay, I've got a restaurant. I got a catering company. I got three kids. I got a dog. I'm done. I'm not doing anything else. Right? Okay. Because so then you, you're like, you're done. You've learned your lesson, right? So here's here, here's the problem with being done. Um, we've amassed an incredibly talented team. Hmm. And we're getting to the point, we have a very kind of deep bench when it comes to you know, management and just, mm-hmm. I mean, for our size, right? right? So we have a lot of talent here mm-hmm. at the top. And I either open a restaurant again, mm-hmm. or I let half of them go. I feel like I'm talking to an addict. I'm like, hey, Ari, here's the deal. <laughs> You're done, right? You're like, but here's the story. <laughs> so... Is there something else in the works that you could talk about? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Stella <laughs> is our new. Uh, so you get the theme like Stella. 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 So Stella is yeah. it, is Italian for star. It is. Right. Okay. I, I think. I uh, that a couple times. Estrella is Spanish. Yeah. No, Stella. Etoile is sure. French, so probably Stella. Yeah. yeah, sure. So Stella. So yeah. Kenwood. Yeah. Is this wonderful town? Uh, 2.9 miles uh-huh. from Glen Ellen. Oh, it's star. in the suburbs of Glen Ellen. It's well, Kenwood. it's 2.9 miles north <laughs> towards Santa Rosa. Right. Kenwood. Kenwood. So here we are. And uh, we were this close to signing a lease on the square. Uh-huh. But that's a kind whole of bag of crazy. That's, a, that's that, another that's, story. We're just not going to go right. into that. Because right. that's just... That's another podcast. Oh, my God. So that's another chapter. <laughs> Kenwood, um, very, uh, you know, a lot easier, less obstacles, basically. Mm. To, uh, and, you know, there's a lot of, again, back to the permitting, ADA compliance, just spatial, you know, historic buildings are very tricky. Yeah. And Kenwood, you went, I think you're going into what is kind of a historic building, but it used to be a famous Italian restaurant. Yes. So Cafe Chidi um, was the mainstay there. Beloved restaurant. The beloved restaurant. And um, it's, it's fun. So Cafe Chidi, maybe 30 years about Mm kind of heavy, you know, to go. um, I would say red sauce joint, it you was know, a classic. Like a it was beloved so, restaurant. You know, so we were talking about this, how like back when we were younger, the ethnic restaurant choices were Chinese and Italian. Right. And like that was it. That was like where you would go. And when I went to Cafe Chidi, I'm like, oh, this is it. This is the old Italian restaurant. Right. The red sauce, the yeah. garlic bread. I mean, yeah. yeah you I want a about, meatball. I hear about Caesar, their chicken. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the chicken was. And spaghetti meatballs. Sp- that was it. Huge. Right. So, and very popular with Oakmont. So when we very were popular. thinking about the concept, right. we want to do... A modern red sauce joint. Oh, fantastic! That's literally the framework. Because okay, I was. There aren't Italian restaurants you just go out to anymore. We when I right. grew up in the in South San Jose, we had a place called Italia Deli. It was a deli. Italian. It was like in a strip mall in San Jose. Yeah, but that's exactly what it was. You got meatballs, spaghetti, and yeah. that was like one of our go-to. Spots. Well, I mean, you do have some. So when I say modern red sauce joint, mm-hmm. so uh, we want to keep one foot in what Cafe Chidi because I think it's important to maintain. What people love about yeah. the place, but yeah. but you know the the modern element, the homage. You're gonna pay um, homage to the old Cafe Chidi. Yeah, so we'll do that. But we have this amazing wood fire grill that we're gonna have on display. <laughs> <laughs> grill number two, um, two of not, seven not, now. Not, not, not <laughs> oven. Yes, yes. Yeah, we're working our way around. We'll I see. I'm gonna see a seven restaurants for seven and, fires. Yeah. So, I but this it. is awesome. So this okay. is a a on display open kitchen. Okay. Eight foot wood grill. Oh, with, wow. with, with a firebox right in okay. the center. Mm-hmm. And the way this grill operates, you know, you light all your wood, mm-hmm. the coals drop through the grates, and you rake the coals to either oh, side, and okay. you have these kind of hand cranks right. to up, up you and know, raise and lower Right, thing. so for okay. heat. And so I would say kind of like Italian steakhouse hmm. style there, like not all meat, but poultry, fish, right. what have you, on these grills. That'd be and awesome. And that's like the centerpiece of the kitchen. Okay. And then... Um, a couple of years ago, we bought um, a pasta extruder. Oh, so okay. all of those fun shapes that you can make by hand, like rigatoni, mm-hmm. uh, you know, campanelli, gnocchetti di sardi. We do uh, probably six or seven in rotation. Mm. Um, we bought this beast of a pasta machine. Okay. And so we're going to start producing pasta for oh. Glen Star and Stella. Okay. Um, and we have a section in the kitchen that might be dedicated for like a to-go pasta, like a quick, like pick like up and low get price go. point. Yeah, okay. exactly. Which is what Cafe Sheet used to do. And it's quick because when you're, it's Wednesday night and you're getting home late from work yeah. and you're like, I haven't thought anything. It is good to pick up yeah. some meatballs. I mean, we want to keep it like one, what, like, yeah, literally right. eat, ready well, to go. And Kenwood now has, there's a new restaurant there just opened up. Um, uh, 
Oh God, Golden Bear Station. Mm-hmm. Golden Station. Uh, yeah. the, the guy from Animo, uh, Josh Mokler. Josh, yeah, Smokler, uh, Yeah, he's from from New York. Is he from New York? He, I don't know if he's from New York, but he has New York. He they had a restaurant in New York. Yeah, they yeah. came. It's funny because they came here to Sonoma Valley. Oh, but a place called Animo, yeah. which was in a taco shop that used to be called Las Diablitas. Was that a taco shop there? Las Diablitas. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> right next to McDonald's. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was just kind of under the radar, nice place. But what I'm saying is, when you open up there, you know, one is a point. Two is a line, three is a trend. Having a cluster of really good restaurants yeah. in Kenwood, you got Salt and Stones up there too. Yeah. So it's. Well, I it's think Kenwood, I mean, that's so. What was it? Uh, the trolley. The yeah, tri- tips, tri- tips, tips. Okay. When they closed, mm-hmm. you have like one or two restaurants in Kenwood, yep. really, that are serving. I mean, that is like Oakmont, it's on its own, is. I think, again, this might be old data. There's about 5,000 people. If people don't know, Oakmont is essentially, it's, it's a 55 and over community in the northern part of Sonoma Valley. And it's it's a large population. It's a large population. Of population and they have you know disposable income disposable and a lot of free income. time. And, and, and five I o'clock resos are ready. And that's just Oakmont. And then you have yep. the rest of Kenwood. So, and then right. you have access to Santa Rosa. Yep. Um, some, yeah, people so will it, leave the, some people will leave the island of Sonoma to go to Kenwood. Yeah. Some, yeah. some. Oh, yeah, that's what, that's what we're counting on. <laughs> All right. So, and then when's when's the uh, when's Stella gonna open? That's the million dollar question. Don't actually don't tell me. Just say yeah. sometime in the future. Yeah, I'd say because late, every time late you open a restaurant, something happens. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, I don't want to talk think, about it. I think late twenty twenty four gives us enough cushion okay. with whatever setback. Okay. But I think we have a good handle. I mean, this time we're going into what eyes open. I know what right. a permit is. I know what, it's, and and I also know how to- Structural engineer. <laughs> and, I, I, and, I, and we put together a wonderful team. Good. Our design team, our, our architecture team, um, you know, the the contractor, the landlord's right. on board with you've what got, needs You've to got the game dialed in now. Yeah, I do. So we have all the right people. I think okay. what's going to hold us up, again, permits. Um, Cafe Chidi was actually running on like residential water and power. Because it was it was it was small, so we, it, had, we yeah. there's a lot of upgrades that we yeah. we had. Uh, I mean, there's there, there's a lot that we're putting into this right. place Good. to bring it up to. Good news is the fire station's right next to you. Yeah. So if you if you put anything in wrong, they can help you out. Can well, yeah. Hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> bail you out, um, Ari. Before we move on to the next part of our podcast, if I want more information about Glen Ellen Star, do you have a website? We do. What's it? What is it? GlenEllenStar.com. G L E N. E L L E N S T A R dot com. Okay. Also, our social media, um, our handle, Instagram, mm-hmm. and Facebook is very active, very current. You guys are active on there. You very. have good photos. Yeah. Actually, I got to tell you, from somebody, our I do, job. I, I do want to shout out to yeah. Ashley Waite, who's yeah, Spencer. So my, my managing partner, Spencer, mm-hmm. his wife, Ashley, does a wonderful job. I was wondering if they were married because they have the same yeah. last name. They both email me. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So she um, really like went to school on, you know, Photography, iPhone, like the whole thing, all wow. this. And so her, those photos are hers. They're fantastic. If, if you look at, so I used to do all the social media when I. Yeah, you know, and they were terrible back then. I could tell. Awful. I mean, <laughs> so funny enough, I was just instructed by some higher power uh-huh. <clears throat> that I needed my own personal social media. Oh, yeah. So you, I just. You started last one up? Last week, I started one up. Really? And I mean, it's just terrible. Like, is it I called Ari from Philly? Philly? No, it's just my name. Philly Ari. Ari Weisswasser. But I mean, like the, the, the photos are just like, you can see the difference. Because I don't, I don't care. First of all, I, I'm very disinterested in sharing. I'll tell you what. Wait personally. until your kids are old enough. They will help you. My daughter yeah. is quite vocal about yeah, yeah, how I'll bad my, my photography, my TikTok. She, she is my okay, well, number one is, critic. A lot of it is lighting. And so, right. like, we, we set up lighting, and Ashley will take some photos of the food. Right. I don't do that. I just take a photo on the go. Yeah. I'm like, here. So, last night I ate at Glen Ellen Star. Right. Because um, I do that from time to time. <laughs> and, uh, and, like, I took a photo of, like, these three pasta dishes that hey, I had. Check that out I this pasta. Awesome, and they look great. And then I look at the photo. I'm it like, that photo sucks. Food photography is so hard. Yeah. That's why a lot of times it's fake. Like they'll use like when they're actually doing food photography, you know this, but they'll use like shaving cream instead of whipped cream and stuff like 100%. that for stuff. But don't eat shaving cream; it's bad for you. No. Uh, GlennAllenStar.com and also Park Avenue Catering, or can they find the catering company? Yeah. Through so Glenn? Park Avenue Catering, that's our catering company. Okay. Also Stella Kenwood. Okay, which will be sometime um, in the future. We're not going to announce the date yet. Correct. Yep. Permits, permits, permitting. Okay. Permitting. I love this. And uh, but actually, you are from Philadelphia. What's the proper way to have a Philly cheesesteak? Is it whiz with? Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's that just should brings. We, should, down, should we define that? Or that no? just well, uh, you put cheese on it with like cheese whiz though. Yeah. So whiz is cheese whiz. <laughs> and you put it on top with of the... our grilled onions, <laughs> or whiz without our provolone. I, I, I and there's like Pat and Gino's. These two yeah. different fighting. Yeah. 
chili yeah. feasting places. So I think Philly cheesesteak. Personally, I don't eat cheese whiz. Right. Not even back there. But provolone, I'll You'll eat, eat and cherry peppers. Okay. With with onion with with the grilled onions. You'll That's eat that. the way I'll eat. That's the way to yeah. do it. But I, it's been a while. But cheese whiz. And uh, if you're a politician and you're running for for president, you got to get it right. Otherwise, all of Philadelphia will be mad at you. These things happen. Yeah. Um, Ari, you probably know, because I know you listen to this podcast all the time, that we have a section where you have to answer the questions that we get from visitors, right? Mm-hmm. So two visitor centers, people email and text us. Here's the section of the podcast we call We Get, get, get questions. questions. And uh, all right, far you, away. you ready? You haven't seen these yet? No. Okay. Do you want to? No. Good. Here we go. This one came in. This is from a woman. Is this a from, general question or is this somebody asking me a question? However you want it. Okay. <laughs> These are four questions I can, I can read. This woman listens to the podcast. She lives in Michigan. So, oh, wow. So maybe she knows Douglas Keene. Awesome. He's also a Michigander. Um, and she listens to it, and she actually texted this to our text line, the okay. 707-996-1090. And she says, hello. We are planning a trip, and I have a lodging question. Is there a local alternative to booking vacation home lodging that avoids using national websites like VRBO and Airbnb? We're trying to spend our dollars locally. Thank you. That's her name is Kathy. So thank you, Kathy. So are, um, there, are there local vacation rental agencies? Do you think? Off the top, I mean, yes, there are. Off yeah. the top of my head, I don't. I, I, I without like going on Google, right? Without which looking. is what she could probably do, right? Um, I have some friends that have, right? Well, I was say Hunt, Hunt Bailey's runs Cinema Valley Escapes, yes, which is a local company. That's local, uh, yeah, and he manages Hunt. a bunch of stuff okay. there. So Hunt's one. Um, we do have a lot of different companies that are here that are yeah, not. Yeah, we do. Again, I'm just not, it's not like where my head is. So I couldn't. It's not your world, is it? No. Okay. I, you know, I live like right. this. Right. <laughs> that's how you look at stuff right there. Like, that's, how, that's how I'm living what's, right now, what's, Tim. Just what like pot that. is boiling right now? So there you go. Um, so, Kathy, you're right. Uh, Cinema Valley Escapes is one. Also, if you go to cinemavalley.com, click on lodging and then also vacation rentals. And there are a lot of local ones. I should also note Airbnb and VRBO. A lot of those company uh, lodging places are on there as a booking channel, but you will keep your money locally and save them money and maybe yourself some money if you book direct. So, good one. Uh, here's one we got. Uh, someone called us. This is a funny one. What do you know about the Hood House? Have you ever heard of the Hood I've House? I've never heard of yeah. the Hood House. Well, I, Have you? Um, I vaguely did, and the, and the reason why is because I know Hood Mountain. And if you go okay. up to St. Francis Winery, it's yeah. Pythian Road, and you go to, you, you wouldn't go there because you're too old, but it's a juvenile detention center oh, really? uh, at Los Gilicos. There is a house up there called okay. the Hood House, and it okay. was a mansion that was built. It's not open to the public. So if you want to go there. Is it, is it like maintained? Is it a private? No, it's kind of decrepit and, okay. and supposedly falling apart, but it's beautiful inside of here. But the only way to get there is to be under 18 and commit a crime and go to the juvenile okay. detention center. So yeah. probably don't go there. No. Right. But if you go to Hood Mountain, you pass by. I do some trail running up there. Yeah. And you'll pass like it on the left. Loaf You've seen there, it. Yeah. You've seen this house. Um, it's just surrounded by some of the juvenile detention center stuff. So. Okay. But there you go. I think that I was, was chased, actually, by a few younger gentlemen. Yeah. Third. <laughs> You're like, I gotta work on my cardio. (laughs) Work on my cardio. Uh, Here we go. This one you might know. Best places to go that offer free corkage for Sonoma County wines. I mean, I don't mind paying corkage, but just interested to know what's out there. This is on the Sonoma County Wine Imbibers Facebook. Okay, I would say our restaurant on Wednesday, glenellenstar.com. Glenellenstar.com. I'm gonna give a shout out to the Fig Cafe. Oh, good. Next to us in Glen Ellen. Awesome. They wave corkage. Good. I think it's every night. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, Corkage is a sensitive subject in Sonoma. Why? What is corkage? Um, And what? Corkage is the the fee that a restaurant would charge for a guest to bring in their own wine. Okay. Why would you do that? Can I also bring in my own food? Right. Yeah. And so I actually had this discussion with a, with a realtor when we first opened mm. when I didn't know about the, you know, since I did know the fig wave corkage. Right. So what we did, we charged a $15 corkage when we opened. Okay. We donated half to Jacqueline State Park. Oh, that's great. When we opened. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. People threw a fit. Locals did. And we said, what, you don't want to support your, your local state park? And they're like, we're not paying corkage. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just, we're just trying to like sort this thing out um, that was like the first two years welcome to and Glenelg. I remember having a conversation with a realtor yeah and I was like she's like I'm a local I'm like well I'm a local too I might want to buy a house this is a horrible way to start off a conversation for you and she's like 
uh, you know, I should be able to bring my wine. I was like, listen, lady, I was like, we, we sell wine. If right. you don't buy wine, you use my glasses. I wash it. I break a glass. You use my server's time. We have to open your bottle. I was I'm like, heating that. I'm heating this room. Yeah, I mean, you're here. Yeah. So what, what, if, what if I came to your house and bought a house and I said, I want to bring my own bathroom. That's right. She said, you can't, couldn't do that. I was like, there, there you go. I don't know if she got the point, but it was like, that's the thing. How about this? I want to, I want to take my 3% commission to myself when I buy my own house. Yeah. Which, like which that. you right. can actually negotiate now. I see it. I've heard about so, that. So anyway, so long story short, corkage. Now, if you have a special bottle of wine and you mm. are a winemaker and they want to bring it and share it, I mean, it's fine. I don't, it's yeah, fine. Right. But if you're just going to bring a bottle. Right because you don't want to buy a bottle in a restaurant, right. then I have a problem with that. And yeah. a lot of restaurants, yeah, a lot of people do. No, people don't understand this, but oftentimes wine is a way to make money for a restaurant because food has a high cost and a high labor cost. And so you're eating into your, your business plan. I'm, I'm going to go one right. step beyond that. We mm-hmm. put, and I'm going to give it to, to Spencer and my wife, Erin, mm-hmm. but we, they put a lot of energy and effort all year round. I know it sounds like it's not work, but tasting at wineries, no, yeah. <laughs> but right. selectively tasting wineries and right. partnering with, you know, small 5,000 case, you know, and, and under productions mm-hmm. and uh, something that's, it's not all local, but right. a lot of it is. Right. And there's a lot of work and research and tasting and conversations and negotiating and, and taking the staff and training. And there's a lot that goes into the wine program. So, if you're going to choose a restaurant and you're going to eat there, and it's not neighborhood night, <laughs> right? You might want to just look at the wine list because it's well. If it's well curated, right? It's there. Everything's there for a reason, right? And I think it's it's a wonderful way, an additional way to experience a restaurant, and especially Sonoma wines in a restaurant. I think you're spot on because 99.9 percent of the restaurants in Sonoma Valley and Sonoma County really pay attention to their wine list. Yeah, because they build restaurants around. Them, right. Not only do they have to pay okay. attention. The, the average consumer, especially now, the local consumer, mm-hmm. they know exactly, they, they know what they're looking at. They know mm-hmm. what they can buy these wines. Right. So, and and they're, a lot of them are actually reasonably priced because- they, They're actually much more reasonably priced than when I go to other big cities. More, I mean, if you see some of the labels right. that we carry on a I restaurant know. in New York, and I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Isn't that is crazy. <laughs> because you're like, I know the guy that makes this wine. Yeah. What the hell? And I, I, so it's just, I would say, I would argue that Napa right. and Sonoma- Yeah. Or any wine region, mm. it's like you go there, you're going to have a competitive wine list. Have a good and, list. Yeah. So, and that's the whole thing. Like um, free corkage, there are some on the local nights, usually on a Wednesday at some places. But hey, don't unless you have an incredibly special wine from you know you're celebrating your 50th anniversary yeah. and you have this wine from 50 years ago, whatever, and you're going to give a little bit to the server, whatever to share. But there's no real reason to bring it or expect free corkage. Here's a, here's a compromise go. and uh, buy one get one. The BOGO. So if, I like that. Yeah. If you buy a bottle of wine, mm-hmm. we'll usually let you open a bottle of wine. There you go. It's like, that's, I mean, that's, that, that's like all it, it is. It's okay. Not, Good. Yeah. That's a good answer. Thank you. And it's funny that we call it corkage instead of like drinkage or porridge or something. But I think, yeah, I think it's a marketing corks. term. I think it's a. Uh, really? They don't call it twistage when you get the stall of an enclosure. So they no, okay. <laughs> uh, Final question, Are you ready? Four of us, and they, they mentioned they were adults. I don't know why. Four of us adults will be in Sonoma March 27th to April 1st. Are most wineries open on Easter Sunday? Are there other events, special brunches or lunches happening that day? Um, I would argue, I would say I would. that's probably a very busy day, yep. I think, yep. um, for, for most wineries. Yep. I couldn't guarantee all of them are open right. unless you're super religious or into that but yeah I would say they're all uh, open and and are there brunch so we're not open for brunch Mm -hmm. are they for brunch or dinner Um, brunches or lunches happening that day okay Um, so I'm not really you're not a brunch guy, are you? I'm not a well. I mean, we're not not in, in a business sense. I enjoy right. brunch, right? But but as a running a brunch, but running for people, a yeah. Bottomless. I mean, our, our restaurant is very slow, or sorry, very slow, very small. Yeah. And we tried to open for lunch when we first started, no. and it was just too. It was, pencil out. it was too small. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. One of my favorite Mother's Day and or Easter brunch, mm-hmm. and I can this is firsthand because I'll go is the uh, Fairmont. It's fantastic. Um, Fairmont Snow Mission Inn. Yeah, so Fairmont Snow Mission Inn, I would, I would argue, and, and you know what else does a really good job is Wit and Wisdom. Oh, yeah, okay, at the yeah. Lodge. Yeah. Good, both. Yeah. And, they and what's do. nice, most hotels here have very good restaurants. Yeah. And they will be doing, they'll be open to those and they're And they they kind of, that's like a big day for them, so they put a lot of energy into it. Right. And it's, uh, it's t- yeah, so I would say those are two, like, Okay. Probably, you know, guaranteed open and you right, know, creative and right. yeah, good time. Most things are open around Easter Sunday. Even you mentioned uh, 
ones that might even have a more religious bent, Klein Cellars does do an Easter Sunday service. Oh, is that a, right? a morning service, yeah. So it's kind of nice for the family. They like to do that, and every year they invite the public. Yeah. Uh, and then I think they do like Easter eggs and stuff. So yeah. Uh, and the, and the square does the Easter. Uh, uh, they do the Easter. Yeah, our kids are uh, older now. They, they, won't, they won't do that anymore. I, That's always madness because you know, the eggs fun. are gone in the first like so minute. Fast. And a half. <laughs> so we were we were like a minute late one yeah, year. Sorry, it's done. There's no more eggs. It was done. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. And you, it brings out the best in people when you see uh, it, yeah. a, 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 a mom with a venti latte screaming at her kid and like, go get that egg! And uh, it's good times. Erin. Uh, um, I, I mispronounced it again. No, well, Ari. I kind of like uh, the, the, the East Coast uh, pronunciation, man. Like, uh, bah. Bah. Okay, there you go. Uh, this has been wonderful. You are fabulous. I know you got a meeting to go to in the big city. Uh, Santa, <laughs> Santa Rosa. City, Santa. <laughs> um, again, if people want more information about Glen Ellen Star, the website is glenellenstar.com. That's it. Okay. And then Park Avenue Catering.com? Park Ave Cater. Oh, Park Ave Cater. Mm-hmm. Period. Dot com. Dot com. We're not active. We just cater. Park Ave Cater.com. Got it. Hold on. No, you better double check now. Guessing. Bruce is going to be so mad. Um, and that, the, the, I, the reason why it's a little confusing is because it's not Park Avenue Catering.com. Right. But um, well, it's I'm sure it's great. No matter what, you can Google it. Park Avenue Catering. It's yeah, if you like wine country, weddings or uh, all that kind of stuff, you're, you're there. there's there's no internet there. <laughs> Welcome to AT and T. ParkAvenueCatering.com. <laughs> Perfect. We'll find it. Uh, or th- Park Avenue Catering. What, what? Google. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> I'll put the link in the bottom. Of the we took all. We took the fig domain. We took everybody's domain. It just goes right to Park Avenue Catering. Sonoma goes right to Park Avenue Catering. Which reminds me, uh, if you want information about Sonoma Valley, after you've booked your reservation at Glen Ellen Star, go to SonomaValley.com for deals, special offers, events. Find out what we're doing. And hey, while you're there, why don't you just give us a seven star rating on this podcast? You know, just give us a big thumbs up, just like you're gonna do after you eat. Glen Allen Star, you'll give him a good rating. Give us a good rating so people will listen to it. Ari, thanks for being here. Oh, you nailed it. Ah, uh, there we go. All right. And uh, Tim, we'll, thanks for having me. This was great. That was fun. We'll see everyone next week. Thanks.